0: Welcome to Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the professor and my co-hosts are Debbie Boy and the DJ. How are you going, Debbie Boy? I am surviving. It is retail hell right now. Um,
1: because Black Friday and Cyber Monday, Buster Monday. <laughs> uh, every single store here in Australia has a different name for so what they want to call Black Friday. Some call it Black Friday, others call it Party Party Mania Friday or some <laughs> stuff. It's like, Jesus Christ, guys, stop, stop coming down. But I am surviving. So if I do suddenly faint then you, you'll know what happened.
2: <laughs> okay, guys, I'm really happy. Uh the life of retail, it never ends. It never ends. <laughs> I saw, uh, saw a meme on Reddit the
1: other day where it was basically like, retail workers, secondly, you know, Christmas songs start playing, just derpy faces.
2: <laughs> hey, 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 wait till to, wait, wait to eat. They start bringing out the hot cross buns after Christmas.
1: Shh, come on, man. We're not there just yet. We don't... Need- <laughs> Let's at least get through half December
2: first before all hot cross buns. Can, okay, here's here's my rant about this. Well, imagine Jesus when he sees like the hot cross buns after uh, after uh, Christmas, he'd be like, "But I'm not dead yet."
0: Yeah, well, he'd probably be weirded out by how much we worship his death.
1: <laughs> hey guys, you want some hot cross sweet Jesus
0: death buns? <laughs> you reckon he's like he'd totally have PTSD from that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh.
1: hello welcome to the year 2020 on um, this year we celebrate the death of jesus by putting across some crusty hot fun buns and then head to the kitties just <laughs> <laughs> sacrifice was not in vain
2: <laughs> and that's some complimentary eggs as well
0: all right well now we've uh, upset a whole bunch of people <laughs> What's your uh, topic tonight, DJ? Uh, come
2: on, you, you come, sorry,
1: come on. That's not the first time that's happened. <laughs> you got pretty used to this show. <laughs> well,
2: the topic for tonight is basically uh, a couple of directors have started complaining to Christopher Nolan for the amount of sound that Nolan's been producing.
0: <laughs> Which isn't a whole lot, is it?
2: No, it's not a whole lot. And some of some have even said like the, mo- most of his movies are too loud. Like uh, what, like Nolan was saying, like we've got a lot of complaints uh about in regards with Interstellar and their sound design. I actually got calls from other filmmakers who would say, I just saw your film and the dialogue is inaudible. Some people thought maybe the music's too loud, but the truth is, it was kind of the whole enchilada of how we chose to mix it.
0: Yeah, is there not some uh some sound engineer who can tell him like seriously, you're doing this wrong?
2: <laughs> what wrong?
0: There's nothing wrong here.
2: Oh come on! This is Christopher Nolan. You tell you tell Christopher Nolan something is wrong. It's like it's like telling God that he's wrong. Maybe just did. <laughs> and we're going to and we're going to get lightning struck by Nolan fans. But yeah, some moviegoers say that um, it, even though the movies are too loud, but Nolan movies sound exactly the way Nolan wants them to wants them to sound. And
0: how is that? <laughs>
2: It's basically um, from, from an excerpt of his book. He says Be- because you can make a film that looks like anything, you can shoot the- you-, you can shoot on your iPhone. No one's going to complain. But if you mix the sound a certain way, or if you use certain sub frequencies, people get up in arms. There's a wonderful feeling of scale that can c- come from that. A wonderful feeling of physicality. Sound that on Interstellar we pushed further than I think of. I think anyone else has. We tapped into the idea of sub-channel where you can get a lot of vibrations. We used that for the rocket launch and the music. A lot of it was, what, a lot of it was the music where Hans Zimmer had this organ and he used the absolutely lowest note, which could literally make your chest drop. It's like a hu- whole huge um, pa- excerpt on a, um, on, on this, one of the Twitter um, so tweets. So it sounds like he's completely missed the point. Yep. <laughs>
0: The point Uh, isn't that you're doing interesting things with your sound. The point is that you're completely wrecking the viewing experience because no one can hear you.
2: (laughs) And he continues on by saying, Uh, What what are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I can't hear
1: all these fog horns.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I feel sorry for the actors. that, that They're like, imagine they speak like the great the potential greatest line in the movie, and it gets muffled by <laughs> something. You mean
0: Michael Caine in, on his deathbed in Interstellar?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, mean, it doesn't help that Michael Caine's voice uh, is getting more and more hard to understand. <laughs> like Compared to his performance in The Prestige... He really sort of mumbles that one in um in Interstellar.
2: Oh. And I like this uh, also the quote saying here, we played the film once with with just that and then I asked the sound guys what they thought and they all said, yeah, we should go for it and do it that way.
0: <laughs> cool. So, he thinks people are agreeing with him.
2: To a certain degree, yeah. To a certain degree like I, I don't know. I mean, Sound is vital in the in, in every movie component and if, once, once you mess up the sound aspect of it you you basically killed the movie.
0: Yeah, there are things you can do that like I understand that he wants to do interesting things with sound, but not to the point that people can't understand your dialogue. That could be an artistic effect if you were making a character who's partially deaf and it's a POV movie, but that's not how it goes <laughs> in Interstellar, is it?
2: Yeah. My favorite line on this one is basically there are certain low low end frequencies that automatically get filtered filtered out by the software. He took all of the controls off so that so there are all those sub frequencies there. And we did the same thing on the dub stage. It's pretty fascinating sound mix. If you see particularly in an IMAX theater projected, it's pretty remarkable. Why does he
0: think those controls are there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think he just wa- I, I think he he wants to get that sound, you know. The the a unique sound and he just wants to he's it's just basically him fiddling around with the controls.
1: Well, well, if that's the case. Get that damn man away from the controls, boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I feel like he's like Chris Those movies are really good, especially um, Dunkirk's one of my favorites. But, you know, goes in, gets. It was Dunkirk one of his movies. Yeah, yeah, yes, it was. Okay, okay, yeah. Sorry, well, I want like, double clear on that. But like, I feel like goes in, he gets like the uh, the volume knob and just turns little. Uh, I can't... Okay, I can still hear them. Tell we're oh, oh, getting close. Ah, oh, yeah, I can just... I can't hear anymore. That's good.
0: I feel like it's, it's just... Yeah. I saw an interesting comment on Reddit. Like, oh, yes, of course. Reddit. Like, yep. I'm far from any sort of uh, doctor, but the comment pointed out that the frequencies that he seems to have trouble with are common in people with mild deafness. So their theory was that he's uh, a bit deaf, and it sounds fine to him because he doesn't hear the... What's going on? <clears throat> now... Obviously, that's debatable. No one's actually, presumably, he actually has a doctor who would tell him if that was a problem. But the um, other thing is, when he watches his movies, he knows every line of dialogue. It's not, um, it's not like he's a, a viewer watching it for the first time. He's put up with it for months while he edits.
2: But that's a, but that's a bit of a flaw, though. Like it's like you writing your assignment and then you reading your assignment and then not letting anyone else edit it for you.
0: Yeah, like when you when you write something uh, and you read back over it, you won't notice the mistakes because you see what you expect to see. But um, in this case, yeah, it's the same sort of deal. He spent so long actually um, editing and reviewing the script and directing that you know he knows um, he knows what's going to happen. So yeah, yeah.
2: Although fun- funny you mentioned that um, Debbie Boy with uh, Dunkirk. Um- it won the best best sound award <laughs> at the uh, Critics' Choice Awards. <laughs> See, I just know, right? <laughs> it also won um, best sound editing, sorry, best did Sound you mix. Miss pun. <laughs>
0: did you say sounds about right? Yep, <laughs> I'm proud of you. Why can't you be more like Devi DJ? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just not punny enough.
2: <laughs> but um. With Nolan, though, you reckon it comes down to the be- um, who he picks as a sound team? Because it's also the choice of the choice of people he works with in terms of sound. Yeah.
0: I wonder if there's anyone who can actually tell him to um, yeah, tell him what to do. Or is he, uh, you know, so completely full of himself that no one can stand up to him?
2: Uh, I mean, oh, that, that's a very that'd be an interesting question. The pro. Although the short answer would be not many. I mean, do you really want to go up against Christopher Nolan and tell him, like, your movie sounds are terrible?
0: Yeah, depending on what kind of person Nolan is, it sounds like a good way to get fired.
2: Yep. But uh, as I was saying earlier on, like, sound is the most important key factor in um, movies. And, like, Nolan doing, like, messing up in, in some of his movies, it kind of... Yeah, it takes away the um the gleam of his mo- of the movies that he does when you mess up the sound. Yeah, like his movies were spectacularly spectacular to watch on a visual on a visual um standpoint, but from a sound perspective, yeah, it, it doesn't work. It, it it wouldn't work, and also it co- also comes down to the message as well that the sound is trying to relay. If you mess up the sound, the message could would be to- would be a totally different exercise as well so that's another thing you have to consider
0: yes and it annoys me so much when the sound mixing is bad because if i turn up the volume to hear the voices i get my eardrums blowing out (laughs) if i turn down the volume i don't hear the voices i think um at least a home release um you kind of need to run a compression pass on the audio because most people don't have super fancy speaker systems, but even in the theater, people are having trouble understanding this. So yeah,
2: and not to mention, Nolan is using um, IMAX as well. Like he's yeah. a huge devotee of IMAX. I I, is it, I don't know why. Must is it the image quality or is it the stuff? Was
0: um, it, it something else? But it's both. It's like image, audio, uh, all sorts of things.
2: But yeah, this is where I think speaker com- like companies like Bose and uh, Dolby. All these companies should work on how to get that right sound, like IMAX quality sound. I mean, the, the problem is it sounds a bit objective, right?
1: So, like they do do that, and it's super expensive. But then, not everyone likes it because no everyone's Some people are deaf.
0: And also, side. sound depends on the room that you're in. It takes a lot of effort to properly tune a sound system for the room that you're in with the positioning of your couch or your furniture that will absorb the sound, or even the walls, which will reflect the sound.
2: Hang a second. There's an article about why he uses IMAX. Uh, uh, this is what. So, the format which uses 70mm 70, 70 uh, film... Film with the greater amount of perforations had been limited to documentaries for the first time. Films like Lord of the Rings and The Matrix have been great success via grain in in reducing DMR. Uh, So, Nolan using the IMAX. So, IMAX filling the entirety of the screen aspect from close ratio to um, to 4 is to 3 rather than the cropped 2 is to 35 is to 1 widescreen images. It created a convincing scale for the monolithic Gotham City and evident right. From the opening shot, and he also 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 says, um, while filming the Dark Knight Rises, that the three-panel three-projector film process that then created um immersive panoramic f- images during the '50s and '60s saw an even scantier cinematic use than IMAX, and the formats share them sh- share many of the same problems. They are loud and heavy in the shooting process, hampering the ability for audiences to hear the dialogue. Well, that's why you go back and do ADR. Yeah. Do you reckon that's a, that's the disadvantage when it comes to sound is the whole um, widescreen as well? Like if you were if, if you were if you were to take out widescreen and make it into like uh, the compact screens, for example, maybe the sound would be less problematic. No, the um,
0: I don't see why that would make a difference. A smaller TV would actually be probably be worse because you can't fit big speakers in it. Hmm. Oh, well, maybe we can swap uh, Christopher Nolan sound editor for someone who can actually handle it. <laughs> see, see, which
2: one? Handle the sound editing or Christopher Nolan?
0: <laughs> That's the Both.
1: question.
2: <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah, good luck in trying to get handle him.
0: <laughs> well, you've got a story about swapping things, Debbie. That we do. So, hey, guys, do you want a PS5? Not really. I'm pretty happy with my PC, but thanks for the offer. Uh, well, you got to play along, man. Come on. <laughs> All right. Yes, I want a PS5. Oh,
1: <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> Anyways, no, regardless. So what a PS5. Firstly, tough luck. Uh, Sony has revealed today that PS5s have sold out globally. How? Apart from scalpers. Yeah, they just put an announcement <laughs> out saying PS5s are globally sold out. So not going to get one for Christmas, I'm sorry, if you're mm-hmm. wanting to get one now. Uh, but if you did happen to buy from a scalper... uh. There's been some interesting stories, interesting PS5 model there. Eh. There's been some stories on some interesting PS5 models turning up, uh, such as the porn cop connection. <laughs> Freaking hell. It's been a long work day. I'm going to mm. restart that. i get the article up. I apologize. Uh, gonna do? Let's start from the beginning. We'll start from the beginning. Yeah. I do apologize. It yeah. has been a long six-hour shift.
2: Yeah, it's all good. So yeah, we have uh
1: been changed around. So firstly, if you want to get a PS5, I'm so sorry, little Jimmy. Uh was so just announced today that's sold out globally. Uh apart from scalpers. But yeah, you're not really gonna get your hands on another one. I'm so sort of sorry. But you know, there is always a scalpers you can buy from. Just for you know, a thousand dollar same. And some people have been, you do you. And well, uh some interesting things have been turning up both from those scalpers and Amazon. So uh how would you like the new PS5 edition to be cat food? <laughs> what? Cat food, the PS5 edition. <laughs> just uh, just uh, 500 five $700 for some cat food? Would you like that? <laughs> so, yes, uh, one lady over in uh, UK has bought an item from Amazon UK on the website. On the don't know what seller. And, yeah, they arrived with some cat food. Another person in Australia, I believe... Uh, Turned up with popcorn. <laughs> what popcorn? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so yeah, if you if you would like some uh, unique flavors to your PS5 models, head on down to Amazon and eBay and uh, put your bets up. <laughs> what do you, you guys think of this
0: mess? It's being oh. reported for a lot of people now.
2: I like someone how
0: someone the- needs to do something. Oh. Do what though? <laughs> yeah, the do
2: what?
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, well, are they going to do that? eBay, yes. Amazon, there.
2: <laughs> all they care, all, all Amazon cares about is the bottom dollar. I mean, are they going to do it? Uh, they won't. Do, they won't do much on the on the um, on the people buying it. They'll be like, ah, we don't care whether you got the um whether you've been bamboozled or all we care about is the money that you paid to the to us. Well, a little bit of money, but I
1: mean, true. But like, man, what a nightmare return process that'll be. <laughs> I mean, Amazon probably just, like, just bringing up, it's like, hey, so I bought a PS5 and I got cat food. I'll like, <laughs> I'll like a refund, please. <laughs> no, sorry, we can't do that for you. You've opened the box. Oh,
2: man. Oh. I mean, what? do you have,
1: do you guys have any horror stories of online buying?
2: Oh, I, I actually don't really have that many horror stories when it comes to online buying, but... I do hear I do hear the odd eBay story where like someone would buy like a model plane part and they'll come in with a they'll get the delivery and it's a of a photo of the plane part and you're like what the hell
0: <laughs> yeah no, I mean and scammers have been trying to sell the uh, RTX thirty ninety cardboard edition
1: <laughs> oh my yeah I saw
0: that. I think that's sort of like a joke, more than like a serious thing. But... Well, people have legitimately done it in the past, so I think it's still an attempt to scab. <laughs> because they're selling a piece of cardboard for as much as you'd buy a full... Uh, RTX card of... for, yeah.
2: You know,
1: sometimes you got to get a bit cardboardy. Oh, that was bad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: Look, you asked me some of making puns. Did you really want this to go down this road?
2: One, one could say that you scalped that joke. Didn't I work sigh. out. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: disappointment.
2: What I I don't understand. I'm sorry, like, Chris,
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. Right now you're just like, oh flip Christ. Oh my gosh. almighty <laughs> oh, this, this is bad. This is going places.
2: What I don't understand is like, where did the scalpers come from? Like ever since RTX came out, all of a sudden scalpers have decided to like swamp in and just just dis- and buy everything. Where, like, where, where
1: haven't they been?
0: Like they've always you
2: know, been there. They've always been they've all, there. Nintendo, yeah, but I was, <laughs> What I, history? I, I get they haven't they, they have been there, but it wasn't to this point of idiocy though. No I
1: would say pro I think okay. I always see worse. Oh man, you've got my mind thinking now, because I remember the story of like a scalper. I mean you probably say the same thing earlier this year, where what, like all those people scalping toilet paper.
2: Yeah, hi, <laughs> Australia.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> Not just Australia. Well Around we started globally, we want- didn't we?
2: Nah, I think it was oh, I Base? think was, yeah, I think we did start globally, well, we started globally.
1: Internet historians say so so must be true. Um <laughs> 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 uh, no, but like because like everyone's like, you know,
2: oh don't have buy
1: one pack, two packs, three packs, four packs, buy like, the whole truckload. All these scalpers are like, well shit, you got a whole house full of toilet paper now, no one wants. Well, it was it on purpose. Like something someone Victoria tried to return like 200 rolls. It just declined. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, uh, no. but yeah, with the scalpers and consoles and stuff, that that is ex- yeah, you're right. You're you are right. They they exploded ever since the uh the Rona pick.
1: Yeah. I mean oh, like, I hope what it's let me read look we'll up an article. What it's is Sony hoping like get more production
0: uh, well, in? Like,
2: from what I've got, Sony doesn't it,
0: care. They get our money either way. <laughs> I mean fair <laughs> enough.
2: They're saying that we, we'll never get another PS5 until, like, 2021 or something like that?
1: Uh, okay, Sony, Sony, promises that more, Sony promises more PS5 stock for holidays. <laughs> even with the... They apologize for the unexpected demand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you sure about that, Sony?
2: <laughs> Press X. do doubt. They're yeah. only
0: apologising because um, people aren't buying it right now because they can't. If people we could want buy to... the PS5 right now, they would love it. They'd be getting money.
1: Yes, we thank gamers. Ugh, gamers, uh, I'm sorry, but I cringe over here, gamers. Uh, sorry, Reddit, you've destroyed me. Um, <laughs> we, want to gamers... uh, <laughs> we want to thank gamers. We want to thank gamers everywhere for making the PS5 launch, biggest console launch ever. Demand for PS5 is unprecedented. So we want to affirm that more PS5 inventory will be coming to retails before the end of the year. Please stay in touch with your local retailers. Uh there were mouth-watering at that <laughs>
2: statement. <laughs> mm, yes, more consoles coming. I will buy this. I wonder how, much, how, how many of those PS5s you will see them lurking in the dark web. Uh, probably a few of it.
0: Not that I'll well, buy them. I mean, they might be in the dark web swapping bots and stuff, but they're more likely on the open web because they're selling, um, you know, your yeah, average <laughs> person isn't going to go to the dark web to buy a PlayStation.
2: Nah, nah, they won't.
1: <laughs> I like the comments on the the, uh, the Verge article. Is there any way to, like, level the playing field of all the scalpers using bots? You know, should we, like, set up our own bot army to fight back the scalpers or something? <laughs> <laughs> so all right guys so um the day skynet takes over it was all because we wanted ps5s
0: are we going to turn playstation into the stock market where <laughs> like humans account for a tiny percent of actual stock exchanges it's all just robots you want a ps5 you want a ps5 oh you want a ps5 okay we'll do some exchanges here
2: C- can you imagine oprah coming back and she'll be like all right who wants a ps5 you get a ps5 you get a ps5 and Everybody else gets a PS Everyone in the crowd
1: is just scalpers, and they're all cheering.
2: <laughs> there was an interesting article I saw the other day where um, they're saying sneaker, c- sneaker culture um, ha- has caused the scalpers to uh, come out. Oh, seriously, five hundred
0: bucks for a pair of shoes just because oh. they got Kanye's name on them or something? <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, hey, Jordans! Come on, who could say no to Jordans? I could. <laughs> oh, Okay, speaking, of, speaking of
1: speaking, things coming out and all that, uh, Professor, you've got a you've got something to do with things being shut down. Very good. Wow, you
0: segue like a master. <laughs> <laughs> Is this you serious or not? No, I'm just putting DJ down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Damn it! <laughs>
0: Damn it! <laughs> yeah, so the uh, Super Smash Brothers tournament has been deemed um, was it DC made by nintendo
2: dmca
0: yeah uh, yes once uh, again nintendo the best company that makes a great company that makes great games but a shitty company of business now the issue here was that um they use a so do you guys know what uh, rollback is in fighting games Yes. Uh no. Okay. So basically, uh, you, your computer simulates a tree of every possible action the enemy can take. And then when the message comes through from that computer carries out the action and it gives you a, uh, better experience with less lag and, uh, glitching. So someone made a tool called slippy, which is, um, a, a tool that adds a whole bunch of stuff to smash brothers melee. Uh, Automatic save replays, live match mirroring, railback net code, and integrated online matchmaking.
2: Huh.
0: Yeah, so it adds a boatload of stuff to the game that's not in there. Because <laughs> Nintendo, for some reason, don't seem to want to support um, like tournaments. Like which was the Smash Brothers where they added the the features to put off uh, competitive players. I I don't know how this one. Dig deep, please. Tell us. Um, I think it's the Wii Smash Brothers. Interesting. So what exactly did it do? Uh the main one I think of is uh your character stumbles. <coughs> um just trying to find a source on this. Yes, when the control stick is smashed, there is a small chance that the character will trip and fall over. And what? the um S- smashed?
1: What, it like smash smashed?
0: Yeah, so it's um like I don't know if it was actually added for uh, stopping stopping competitive players. That was just a bit of a, an urban legend, I guess. <laughs> but it is uh, adding chance to it, which you know competitive players don't like chance that they can't control.
1: A hundred percent all Like, that. look, Smash. Even I think the worst, not worst, but the most crazy about control is the Smash community. Considering you know they still bring in CRTs with the older uh, consoles.
0: Yeah, and they still play Melee, which is so old now. That's that's
1: GameCube, if I'm not, if I'm correct.
0: Yeah. Yes,
1: that's still a fan favorite. Apart yeah. from obviously, um, uh, Ultimate. Oh, good, I'm living, I'm alive.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Slippy is a fork of the Dolphin emulator. So these people are playing a modified version of the game on an emulator, which, um, well, the original GameCube doesn't have online. There's a, a good reason for them to be working around it. How many like fan projects have died and burned over the oh. years? So many,
2: too many. What
1: was it what was that Metro Two remake? But then they brought the real Metro Two remake. M two. Oh, was that what was it? uh M R two. A M two R. So Sky worked for like nine years or something. On this artificial Metroid Two remake with pixel art and everything, and then the second one's out like a week after Nintendo DM would DM DMCA and got rid of it. What? Re- they got like ten out of ten okay. reviews as well.
2: What really ticks me off when when games companies do like cease and desist and and uh, and, and DMCAs is it's like it's it's um they abuse that process. Yeah. Like I, re- I recall, like, uh, what was it, the, a while ago where uh, Last of Us Part 2, before the game actually came out, the leaks were coming out and um, Neil Druckmann was, like, handing out, like, illegal copyright strikes to every single one of them.
0: Yeah, and the big issue with copyright strikes is that legally uh, YouTube has to, do, well, YouTube and other companies have to do something about it. But the uh, big issue there is um, that they're complaint focused. So the worst part is um, YouTube, where if you get a copyright claim, your money goes to the copyright claimant, even if they're not the real owner, and there's no uh, no escrow while it's in uh, in sorry, what's the word? In dispute. I was thinking in pursuit for some reason. <laughs> Yeah, well it's in dispute. There's no escrow. So any money that comes in while you're in dispute goes straight to the um fake copyright holder. And because it's uh because it's so uh, well
2: Professor, you right?
0: Yep, yeah, sorry, no, I've completely okay. lost that train of thought. This is what <laughs> happens when we record <laughs> This late, like, yeah. It's all my fault I'm so sorry. <laughs>
2: yeah uh, i i don't
0: know man yeah, so, i i I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I oh sorry sorry so, so i was saying uh DMCA is bad for yeah uh, bad for the user because any money that comes in goes straight to uh the fake copyright claimer and then you get nothing and because the most profitable time for your youtube video is the first week by the time the dispute's over all the money is gone Uh, Yeah, so uh, this is different. This is Nintendo using a cease and desist to um, take down a tournament. And tournaments are just advertising for your game. In fact, this is uh, what I've noticed is Nintendo doesn't seem to like when people do what they do better.
1: They're like a a whingy older brother, aren't they?
0: Yeah, because um, Nintendo won't put rollback in other games they make, so fans do it. And they're like, no,
2: don't. (laughs) So, yeah. Actually, n- Nintendo's more like that uh, older brother that doesn't like constructive criticism. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
1: does I think I just do this once right again.
2: No! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I initially thought this was basically like, oh, yeah, some player is doing a mod, and, uh, um, some player is using a mod, and Nintendo's just shutting down the whole event because players are using mod. But this is more like a vital mod. For the, yeah. t- for the game itself. And it's not, um well, so... I mean, it's not advantaging or disadvantaging anyone, any one player, yeah. man. Yeah, so
0: theoretically, uh, Nintendo might be doing this because they want to, um, they think they're going to take out uh, piracy. I don't think that's going to work out the way they think it will, because uh, legally, if you own a physical copy of the game, you're allowed to have an emulator that's already been tested in court. So,
2: Is it because of fair
0: use? Uh, I'm not sure. It's um, I think it's an archiving exemption to uh, the DMCA, which horribly flawed, but obviously not completely imperfect.
2: Although even though Nintendo has given out that cease and desist order, you it's you will see this code maybe lying around now on the internet. Have yeah. you been on the internet?
0: <laughs> i mean i'm sure you could still find super mario 64 pc edition if you went looking
2: oh yeah yeah
0: it's one thing the internet does really well
2: never forget
0: yeah i mean it does forget but <laughs> things like that aren't going to be forgotten
2: nah i mean terms the question would be, like, does this make Nintendo look bad even more further, or...?
0: Yes. In the competitive scene, it makes Nintendo look awful. Are people going to keep playing uh Smash if they know that that tournament can be shut down at a whim? I mean, depends. Perhaps. Perhaps not. I Maybe mean, it's Nintendo. Everyone loves Nintendo,
1: the but then also it at the same time. So it's like, you know... Oh, such a weird... is so weird. They,
0: they definitely are. can be. God, guys...
2: Uh, at least it's not as weird as like PlayStation or. <laughs> what weird? What way? Uh it's more like uh, like you got American, America Sony, and you got Japan Sony, and America Sony wants to be its own, it, own beast where they don't want Japanese games coming into America. Kind of weird. True, you're not wrong. Yeah, but with Nintendo, I mean, American it depends. Sony, on wh- why do you hate money? <laughs> <laughs> I always hate money, man. Ah. Uh. Why do you want money? Come on. <laughs> I think it's more... We want politics and money. <laughs> but with um, Nintendo, though, it depends on um, where they do the tournament as well, wouldn't it? I suppose so, because this
0: is a um seasoned assist by, I think, an American company. Well, an American uh, branch. Yeah, it's a US convention called The Big House.
2: Great naming, <laughs> the big house.
0: <laughs> yes, the big house will be where you will go if Nintendo wins this.
2: <laughs> in this
1: padded cell, please. No, there is no controllers around. You can't practice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are you in for, mate? Ah, uh, um, Nintendo. Nintendo got me in.
1: That, that, stop. That's not stop how that. you set the joke up. No. It's no.
2: Not. <laughs> you
1: started
0: with. What are
1: well, you in for, mate? Oh, I killed a kid. What about <laughs> you? Well, I want to play some
2: games.
0: <laughs> and then he slides away.
2: He slides want <laughs> on to be near the
1: gamer. <laughs> the gamer boost.
2: How do you think this will affect emulators as a whole? I mean, Nintendo has been attacking emulators for Blah. a while Nothing. now.
0: Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> emulators have a very clearly defined legal position, I think. Yeah.
1: As hard as they're going to try, they're going to get rid of it. They're maybe, but. Even though I can hardly see it. There's always going to be new slides popping up. And it's just, you know, Nintendo's a 10 down there. They're just, uh, yeah. <laughs> they they're like just that. going to a constant battle until the day they die, basically. Yeah. yeah. Unless they want to stop making games. And then, you know, <laughs> they don't have to worry anymore about people selling them.
2: Win win. Well, hey, look on the bright side. If, if Nintendo stopped making games, at least we don't have to see their E3 performances. So how many characters are the last time?
0: <laughs> hey, their E3 things are at least halfway entertaining. Half
1: of, what? look at least it's not as cringy as Xbox or Sony's presentations at times. Oh, or yeah. anything at E3 apart from develop developer digital.
2: Yeah, that's true. But yeah. it doesn't matter
1: anymore because E3's dead. Ha! Huh.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, it has so a as very a very
0: soft feeling, so just please be kind to it. Craig, we love you. Please don't disconnect again. <laughs> Yeah, so I was saying that the uh, the replacement for the Arecibo is FAST, which is in China, and is a much bigger dish. It's a 500-meter dish. Arecibo is about 300 meters. But the uh, sad thing is Arecibo has features that FAST doesn't. Arecibo has a radar module that can be used to track uh, asteroids and planets. So, so I'm... Like, hopefully they uh, either rebuild... Like, so they seem to be going to disable Arecibo, uh, dismantle Arecibo, but it would be wonderful to see them rebuild it once they've uh, dealt with the safety issues. I see. So I, are they
2: going to plans to build something different? Not at the moment. Okay. So another thing to add that the Chinese have better telescopes. Yep. Oh, d- damn it. <laughs> Although, I, uh, uh, even though Arecibo is, um, is pretty well known to a lot of people, it's also well known to moviegoers for moviegoers for its appearance in the Bond movies. Bond, Contact, X-Files, it's in everything. Can't they um, rebuild it from the ground up?
0: They could. That would cost a lot of money. Uh, converting the cost of the original build, it's about $80 million, which is less than a fighter jet.
1: Oh, you have that. You have that. It's all good. Who <laughs> to pay that? That's no problem
0: Yeah, I mean, America's <laughs> only Buying 200 fighter jets <laughs> oh, God. Something like that But yeah, it's um Unfortunate yeah. yeah, so I'd like to see it either get Repaired or get um, fast Have additional modules Added to let it function with Equivalence to uh, Arecibo
2: But looking at the picture Of, uh, of Arecibo Right now, it the wear- the amount of damage and the amount of dirt and stuff on it, it just I don't think it's possible to get it repaired at it all It looks
0: pretty grimy but it's been working ever since um ever since the 60s so you know I don't think the grime is an issue
2: Oh yeah yeah true but it looks like it hasn't been used for years and years it just optics a lot optics wise it just looks eh, yeah, it needs all to right. be demolished
0: you get out there and, po- and power wash it.
2: <laughs> i' on, on. Yeah. yes i'll take my my Karcha and i'll wash it down with it <laughs> see you in a few months but, but those images remind me of those um you, you know the uh, beijing games uh yeah yeah there um there were a couple of pictures that came out um weeks i think weeks or months after the games and some of the stadiums they look terrible they
0: do yeah so in the uh <clears throat> In the Wikipedia article, you have linked in the show notes for FAST, the 500-meter Aperture Spherical Telescope. uh, They're very similar, uh, built right the same construction style, but Arecibo has a fixed dish. So you can't adjust it apart from maintenance um, and has a fixed uh, receiver platform, which is the uh, platform supported by the cables that are breaking, which sounds like a limitation really. But the um, you can adjust it slightly so the antennas can move on the platform. The platform's fixed, but the antennas can move. But Arecibo has, can receive higher frequencies. So Arecibo can get down to three centimeters wavelength, which is 10 gigahertz fast can only go to 10 centimeters wavelength which is three gigahertz and theoretically they could reach uh six centimeters or five gigahertz but that's a hard limit fast is deeper and has a wider field of view but uh the biggest difference is the transmission so um yes arecibo has the transmission equipment to study well radar astronomy to study asteroids um oh bloody hell that's a massive cockroach (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's Wait, a
2: segue That's, that's a segway. It's one heck of a segue I haven't
0: seen any in months
2: Where did it come from? <laughs> that's hilarious You just went from a like, serious topic To like, why yeah, the hell is a cockroach
0: <laughs> Away from me Yeah, so um, I'll find that and deal with it when we're done recording <laughs> So yes, Arecibo can do radar astronomy and target asteroids and work out which ones are going to come and be in you know be close enough to possibly crash into Earth. It can also study the atmosphere. And FAST can't apparently can't possibly handle that because the uh they have what they call the receiver cabin, which is too small to handle that equipment.
2: Not to mention the um area the area itself um where Arecibo is located, it's a unique area, isn't it? Um,
0: yeah. So they're both built
2: in a natural depression,
0: but the um, yeah Arecibo has a different uh, targeting range. So uh, yeah, Arecibo's limit on the field of view is compensated for by being close to the equator, so it has a better view of uh, more of the sky. So yeah, I don't know what they'll do now, unfortunately.
2: Can you imagine all those movies um that that the receiver was featured will uh go up in value like a gold like a 07 movie would be like, ah, oh, it's now ten dollars because the receiver was involved in it.
0: I'm not, that's not how economics works, but if you want to believe that, <laughs> I'm not gonna stop you.
2: <laughs> but my point is it's like it's an it's an icon and Yeah.
0: And it's apparently a big bit of uh tourism for puerto rico yeah so we'll uh go to the games we're playing next
1: hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
2: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: What did you play, DJ?
2: Uh, I've continued playing uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Such a fun game. They've added a new... uh, New skin pack, which is uh, now in- involving all the old actors from Mortal Kombat, the movie. And how's that go? It's interesting. Uh, seeing uh, Christopher Lambert vo- voices Raiden in the game. It's really cool. So who are some of the actors they've added? Um, They've acted, uh, let's see, they've acted the guy who plays as Johnny Cage. K- they only acted Christopher Lambert, who plays as Raiden in the movie. They added um, the actor that played in as Johnny Cage and an actress that played as Sonya Blade for now. But yeah, there's there's already one actor in the um the Mortal Kombat movies that was featured in the game as well, um who played as Shang Tsung. So there's some there's some cool moments there, okay. like the in, like intros for example where they do like old Mortal Kombat movie references and you go ah yeah, that's pretty cool. What about you, Devi?
1: Oh, God. Someone help me. <laughs> I, I bought Yakuza.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> uh, specifically, Yakuza. Which one is it? Uh... Yeah. Yakuza Kiwi? Kimui 2? is the remake of the second game. I'm sorry, Japanese. Uh, bloody brilliant! Five out of five. It's fantastic. <laughs> it is a fantastic game. It is flipping beautiful. It is just oh, it's It's literally you can't go to Japan right now. Just play Yakuza. It's Japanese tourism, virtual tourism. Like the world's great. The character, the engine it runs and is amazing for an RPG, especially like a mid-budget one like this. Um, yeah, I have no complaints. My my only complaint technically would be that there's... The side quests can get a bit tedious, but they're all very unique and uh are fun. So yeah, I think a blast. But but I have been sleeping
2: because st- it. What's the story about?
1: It uh they find a scene review for this. It sums it up perfectly. Uh recommended. It's the merriest soap opera ever. <laughs> okay so- then. <laughs> uh, it literally is. Like it's all about guys beating each other out. So it's if our two families I think it's a soap opera. It's uh, two families uh, basically about to go to war. Two different clans, I mean, different accuser clans, and they're basically about to go to war with each other and they're trying to stop it. And it's very complex, as most RPGs are. But basically it's just a badass. It's it's a fucking... It is a soap opera. It's a soap (laughs) opera. You You did this. No, I didn't do this. He did that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, but it's great. Evermore is really good. You can go play arcade games inside of it. You can play bowling. Go on dates. Watch <laughs> naughty videos. It's, it's
0: everything you want, man.
1: <laughs> and and, and, and get, get get cursed.
0: So lots to discover. So yeah, I'd highly recommend it. So DJ, what do you
2: rate? Mortal Kombat? Uh, I'll rate it three out of five. And Eleven thousand out of uh,
1: 11, five, man. It, Five out of five, five out of five. Ten out Yeah, really
0: enjoy your yeah, soap operas.
1: Oh, I enjoy my soap operas. <laughs> I think I've got a new addiction. So if someone gives me <laughs> some drugs to get me off that, that'd be great. Hang on, wait.
0: <laughs> and I finally wrapped up Metro Exodus the other night. How was the journey? I loved it. Are you going to be excited to make another one? Yeah, I think there's some pretty good sequel hooks. I'd love to see another game. Oh yeah. Just give me more Metro.
2: More Metro, please. <laughs> Uh-oh. Professor's emulating his... Uh, Maybe, his Professor, perhaps, perhaps you
1: should give your Hughes a go if you like some open
0: worlds. <laughs> Does Accuser have Metro?
2: It has a Metro. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> but not the Metro you anticipated.
0: I've got to point out that um, the author, Dmitry Glukovsky really likes trains because he no. wrote an American Metro book oh. uh, called The Outpost. And it turns out that all of the main outposts are along the American railways. Uh, of course. I mean, come on. It's built
1: in a train tunnels, so you have to have some connection to trains, eh? Hey?
0: Yeah. So this one, uh, though, the American ones aren't even in tunnels.
1: Uh, that makes sense to hey eh? Yep.
2: No big floors? Um, beside- yeah. Oh. Bugs. It's, um...
0: Bugs? How bad bugs? Like buggy bug bug or buggy bug bug? Well, I hadn't actually had any crashes uh, since I told you guys about having them. Um, actually, no, I had one. Uh, so, yeah, there's more spiders, which Debbie's going to be really happy about when he gets to that level.
2: Spiders? Uh,
0: yeah, it's um not a, not a fun time. <laughs> Uh,
2: Are they they better than cockroaches?
0: Worse. (laughs) You can kill cockroaches with a shoe. These guys are big. The worst part is when you brush into cobwebs, the little baby spiders run over your skin.
2: Oh, yeah. I've seen a
0: a video of a guy playing, and one of them does that, and he just goes nuts and starts shooting and throwing grenades. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and there's a few mistranslations. So in um, one of the mods you can get for your night vision goggles says that it does heat heat vision which isn't true it's actually just an improved night vision so i don't know if that's a mistranslation or a mistake there's a couple of awkward sentences which are probably mistranslations um and yeah uh, radiation doesn't work like the way they do it in the game entirely but you know that's a understandable distinction it's the same distinction that's been in all the games and you know, it's got a really good story. It's the jankiest of the games, but it's the most uh, most come on, ambitious. It
2: can, it can, come on, it cannot be as janky
0: as Fallout 76. No, it's not. It's not, um, not as bad as 76. But I don't know how to recommend this enough.
2: <laughs> Just oh, so, play
1: it's... Yes, play it. Play all <laughs> the games. Play all of them. They are fantastic. And if you haven't and you cough at it, it's like, there's no Call Duty
0: kill sniping. just. I mean, there are snipers, it. but they're pretty well, useless the, because you're in a like, train tunnel. is There's no, like, double Q. Yeah.
1: Like, it's a very hardcore, not hardcore, it's a very, I guess, hardcore story-esque adventure first-person
0: shooter game. Well, if and you play it in hardcore mode, it is incredibly hardcore. True are they locked that behind like a paywall. Uh not in Exodus. Okay. They okay. were in the first game. I don't think they were in the second game. The second game as well. Okay. It might have. Um I don't know if I bought the season pass for that or not, but yeah, I remember playing it in ranger mode. Yeah. Which is silly because ranger's the best way, so they shouldn't make you charge they shouldn't charge you extra to play it the way the game's supposed to be played. Yeah, so play it.
2: Play it. <laughs> play it.
0: <laughs> there is only metro.
2: The man loves this metro.
0: I do, actually. One thing that felt a bit weird was um, so there's comments made about NATO forces and being evil and all of that, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I'm Russian. I'm the bad guy." <laughs> <laughs> that felt a bit weird because all of the uh, like so much Western media has Russians as bad guys, but this time it was NATO <laughs> as a um the thing everyone was talking about.
2: It's like, what could possibly go wrong?
0: A lot, really. A lot goes wrong in this game.
2: Yeah, it's, um, I love it. I think you said that about five or six times I love it!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the moral choices are clearer in this game than in the others. So in the other game, sometimes you um, uh, you get moral points for like just listening to people or for exploring side tunnels, because uh, the theme of the game was a sort of enlightenment of getting to know the world that you're part of. Uh, but in this one, it's a bit more obvious. You know, rescue slaves, get a moral point, kill innocent people, lose moral points. Yeah, um, give it a go. Sure, they're a bit janky, but they're worth it. So I give that, um, you know, the story really picked up towards the end. So even though I felt like it ended a bit abruptly and... I think um, sure all Metro
1: games end up abruptly though.
0: Um, well, I feel like the first one really built up to... No,
1: the first one, yeah, the first one built well. But then like yeah. last light, it felt a little bit, whoop!
0: Yeah, sort of suddenly a uh, massive boss battle. Oh, oh my gosh, you're going to end the story somehow. Oh, big <laughs> boss,
1: big boss, whoa, whoa!
0: flashy lights yeah like it was built up to it but it was a bit of prop the sort of the final act sort of felt like it went past pretty quickly then in exodus um so you never actually finish your goal in exodus in uh gameplay so you sort of finish a um the last location in the game and then it uh goes to cutscene and it's a really long cutscene. and i was late for our meeting because i got stuck in that cutscene
2: <laughs> okay, the cutscenes wise, are they as long as those Final Fantasy like cutscenes or are they shorter? Uh
0: it's been a while since I played Final Fantasy, but probably shorter. So just play it. I give it a 4.5 out of 5 <laughs> because it's got some bugs and issues, but, you know, it uh it picked up enough to make me feel, you know, like it was worth it in the end. The main issue I had, I was feeling a bit annoyed with it last week. Uh, I got stuck on a stealth section and couldn't get past it. Uh... And sure, I could go not stealth, but I wanted the good ending. So yeah, uh got that sorted. So we'll uh, have a quick ad break and then go on with the shout outs. All right. So on the 16th of November twenty. 2020, the uh, David Hemlin, known for playing Magneto in X-Men, the animated series, passed away. He had over 70 credits, either as an actor or director at Canadian theatres uh, before he went to TV. His biggest live action role was on Gene Roddenberry's Earth, Final Conflict. He was so good in the role that Brian Singer considered... Uh, casting him for the 2000 x-men movie but he was already filming a final conflict on the 23rd of november 2020 the ice bucket challenge co-creator patrick quinn passes away at 37 so patrick quinn and pete rates who died last year at 34 started the challenge in 2014 after being diagnosed with als the challenge went viral on social media with people around the world posting videos and photos of themselves dumping ice water on their heads I'm still disappointed that um, Michelle Obama took the easy way out. Uh, she donated did... money instead of dumping.
2: Oh, uh, have you seen? Um, have, have you seen Ch- Sir Patrick Stewart's um, <laughs> ice bucket challenge response? I don't think I have. Did he uh, wimp out too? He wimped out too, but his his way of wimping out is the classiest way in in the ice bucket challenge. It was so good; like it was just him in a suit um, drinking like a um a glass of um. I think it was cognac, I think. And he just writes a check, puts it on the table and salutes to the, on the camera and, and starts drinking. I'm like, you, you absolute Chad.
0: Okay, then. Yeah, so um, Quinn and Freight were nominated for uh, Times Magazine Person of the Year. So Time Magazines. And on the 24th of November, 2020, it's the 25th anniversary of Nintendo revealing the Nintendo 64 at Space World Japan. So Nintendo Space World, formerly known as Shoshin- Shoshinke and Famicom Space World, uh, was a trade show hosted by Nintendo. At the seventh uh, show, they announced the Nintendo 64 with 13 games, including the pl- playable prototypes of Super Mario and Kirby Bowl '64, and videotape of the other eleven games. So they um, apparently had twelve playable demos, but cancelled ten of them just before the show. So I wonder what um what kind of quality they were.
2: I bet Unto you they were, they were. It was just um they were just like sixty percent done or seventy percent done. I reckon. Oh, I could be wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, under the Remembrances. On the twenty third of November, eighteen ninety nine, we have Thomas Henry Ismay, founder of the Oceanic Steam Navigation Company, more commonly known as the White Star Line. I'm sure most of you know where this is going. At the age of sixteen, Thomas left school and started an apprenticeship with shipbrokers Imray and Tomlinson, Liverpool. Shipbreakers. Shipbrokers, I said.
2: Ah, oh, so first thing you said, shipbreakers, am I? Like, shipbreakers. <laughs>
0: So he started a business with uh, Philip Nelson, who was a friend of his father's. Philip was a retired sea captain and believed in old, trustworthy wooden ships, while Thomas believed the future was iron.
2: Boy, was he wrong. Yeah.
0: So um, Thomas Ismay had several ships under his authority, and they were mostly chartered from other shipping lines so that if someone died on board because of medical or poor medical conditions or the ship's poor condition, uh, they wouldn't be at fault.
2: Can you imagine being the owner of the company and knowing that, that you're the company that caused the Titanic? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's um, not a, a great thing to have by your name, but it was his son who happened to be travelling on the Titanic the day it sank. On the 23rd of November, 1973, we have Sessu Hayakawa. Kentaro Hayakawa, known as Sesu, right? Hayakawa was a Japanese actor and a matinee idol. He was one of the biggest stars in Hollywood during the silent film era. He was the first actor of Asian descent to achieve stardom as a leading man in the US and Europe. His broodingly handsome, good looks, and typecasting as a sexually dominant villain made him a heartthrob among American women. He became one of the first male sex symbols of Hollywood. So it says he was the high, highly paid star of his time. And he earned two million for his own production company in two years. I wonder if that's $2 million in 1919 money or if that's $2 million in modern money, because that's a lot of uh, old-time money.
2: I think it's $2 million um, in 1919 money, yeah. That's a lot of money. Oh, yeah.
0: He's <laughs> best known for his role as Colonel Sato in The Bridge on the River Kwai. He starred in over 80 feature films. And three of his films are in the United States National Film Registry. He died from cerebral fibrosis at 87 in Tokyo. On the 23rd of November, 1974, Cornelius Ryan, an Irish-American journalist and author known for writing popular military history. He's especially known for his history of World War II events, The Longest Day, About D-Day, The Last Battle, and A Bridge Too Far. So two of those books are made into movies, aren't they? We've got uh, A Bridge Too Far and The Longest Day. Yep. Uh, So Cornelius Ryan was awarded the French Legion of Honor. He died of 54 from prostate cancer in Manhattan. On to the famous birthdays, on the 20th of November, 1715, Pierre-Charles Limonnier, a French uh, astronomer. His first recorded astronomical observation was made before he was 16, and he presented an elaborate lunar map to the French Academy of Sciences, which... It resulted in his admission age 20. He accompanied Pierre-Louis Maupertius and Alexis Clairaut on their geodetical expedition for measuring a meridian arc of one degree's length from Torn Valley, sorry, to Torn Valley in Lapland. He recommended uh, his recommendation of the British methods and instruments contributed to the reform of French practical astronomy. The crater Lamonia on the moon was named after him. He was born in Paris. On the 23rd of November, 1887, Boris Karloff William Henry Pratt, better known by his name, stage name Boris Karloff Was an English actor primarily known for roles in horror films He played Frankenstein in Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein and Son of Frankenstein
2: You mean Frankenstein's monster?
0: Yes, yes my eyes went over that somehow <laughs> yes, he also appeared as Imhotep in The Mummy. He's also best known for narrating and as the voice of the Grinch in the animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 1966. He has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and acted in 80 movies before being cast in Frankenstein. Everyone today acted in a whole bunch of movies. Oh, yeah. For his role as Frankenstein, he had to wear four inch platform boots that weighed five kilograms each. He also has a Grammy Award for Best Recording for Children for the audio for uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. He was born in Camberwell, Surrey.
2: He, he's the guy that made that popular song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Well, Grinch. he didn't sing that one. I thought he did. No, oh, that oh, was oh, sung a- by Ferl
0: Ravenscroft.
2: Ah, okay.
0: On the 23rd of November 1907, Lars Leksel, a Swedish physician and professor of neurology at the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm, Sweden, he was the inventor of radio surgery. For a short period, he served as a volunteer medical doctor in Finland during the Winter War. 1939. Uh, During that time, he speculated on the possibility of extracting bullets from the brain using a mechanically guided instrument. After resuming clinical work, he started development of the stereotactic instrument. The first documented use of his system was a case of craniopharyngioma cyst that was punctured and treated with injection of radioactive phosphorus in 1948. The term and concept of radiosurgery. Was introduced by Lexel himself in 1951 when he reasoned that uh, his tools and the center of arc principle could replace a pr- needle electrode probe by cross firing intracerebral structures with narrow beams of radiant energy. X rays were first tried, but he experimented with gamma rays and ultrasonics. On to the events of interest. On the 23rd of November, 1644, John Milton publishes Arrow a Pegatisa, a pamphlet, the censorship. The full title is Arrow uh, No, sorry, <coughs> I cannot do this one. Ario <laughs> A speech of Mr. John Milton for the un- liberty of unlicensed printing to the Parliament of England is a sixteen sorry, to the Parliament of England. It's a sixteen forty four tract by the poet, scholar, and polemical author John Milton, opposing licensing and censoring. Censorship. it's a among the history's most influential and impassioned philosophical defenses of the right to freedom of speech and expression and is one of the most eloquent defenses of press freedom ever written uh, the world would be so different if the world followed Milton instead of uh the mouse <laughs> i mean the mouse came a lot later but yeah on the 23rd of november 1924 edwin hubble's discovery of the andromeda nebula being an actual galaxy. Edwin Powell Hubble was an American astronomer. He played a crucial role in establishing the fields of extragalactic astronomy and observational cosmology. Using the Hooker telescope, he identified Cepheid variables in several spiral nebulae, including the Andromeda Nebula and the Triangulum Nebula. His observations proved they were too distant to be part of the Milky Way and must have been entire galaxies outside our own. This had been suspected since at least uh, 1755 when Immanuel Kant's General History of Nature and Fury of the Heavens appeared. On the 23rd of November 1963, the BBC broadcast An Unearthly Child. The very first episode of the first story from the first series of Doctor Who, which is the world's longest-running sci-fi drama, and an unearthly child sometimes referred to as 100,000 BC, because back then um, they'd have four or five episodes in a block telling one story, but they didn't have an overarching title until a few years later. So um, there's some debate about what the correct name for some of these stories is. It was first broadcast on BBC TV in four weekly parts from the 23rd of November to 14th of December 1963. It was scripted by Australian writer Anthony Coburn, introducing William Hartnell as the first Doctor and his original companions, Carol Ann Ford as his granddaughter, Susan Foreman and Jacqueline Hill and William Russell as teachers Barbara Wright and Ian Chesterton. So the reason why some people call it 100,000 BC is because the first episode, An Unearthly Child, only really handles the Doctor kidnapping the the teachers. Hmm. The rest of the episodes are set in the Stone Age.
2: I didn't know the Doctor had a granddaughter. Yeah, he always
0: has. Probably died during the Time War. But um, the the launch of the show was overshadowed by the assassination of JFK. So they had to repeat the first episode the next week.
2: Oh, so that's unlucky timing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't realise. Um, it was Sidney Newman, C. Weber, and Donald Wilson.
0: Yes, but Verity was the uh, producer. No, she was born in England. I must be thinking of someone else.
2: Yeah, Verity Will- um, Lambert was was um, was born in London. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I just said. Thanks, DJ. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. On the 23rd of November, 1976, Apneus James Mayo is the first man to reach a depth of 100 metres without breathing equipment. James Mayo, is it Mayo or Mayo, DJ? Come on, uh... you can't mess with me like this. <laughs> It's Mayo, the first man to dive to 100 meters without any equipment. He launched a sport of freediving. Its practitioners see it as a matter of training, learning how to expand lung capacity, and letting your body relax and lower the metabolic process for longer underwater stays. Freedivers can use weights or fins for faster descent and inflated balloons to speed up surfacing.
2: Isn't that dangerous, though, when you speed up surfacing too quickly, you get the bends?
0: Not if you're freediving. The issue is when you breathe oxygen, well, air underwater because the air that you breathe if it's standard atmospheric air contains nitrogen which under pressure dissolves into your blood then when you um, are ascending it starts to dissolve back out of your blood and if you go too fast it forms bubbles which give you the bends and can kill you Mm -hmm. and for the ridiculous movie of this week (laughs) on the 23rd of november 2013 stonados came out when a tornado appears in the waters south of Boston, former storm chaser Joe Randall is intrigued by the unusual weather. But as twisters begin to strike across the Boston shoreline, Joe quickly realizes this is no ordinary storm front. As the storms threaten to move inland, the citizens of Boston find themselves trapped in a tempest turning deadlier by the minute. The city under siege, Joe, his sister Maddie, and his old storm chasing partner Lee realize they're dealing with a never before seen phenomenon known as Stonadoes. <laughs> That's <laughs> ridiculous.
2: It's like that movie Sharknado, but crazier. What is all these movies about? Things being combined with tornadoes? Hey, it's it's a thing. Come on, tornadoes. Tornadoes was a good mo- Twister was a good movie.
0: Yeah, Twister was good, but you don't need to put things in the tornado. <laughs> Well, that's all we have for tonight. DJ, where can they find us?
2: Um, they can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, that's not canon.com, or have an archive of our old episodes. Um, they can also find us on Pod Hero.
0: On Pod Hero for $5 a month, you can support us and other That's Not Canon podcasts. Your um, subscription is split between the podcasts you listen to, depending on how much you listen to each one.
2: You can also find um, that's, um, new podcasts such as uh, Speak Speak Loud. It's a podcast consisting of stories told by previous victims of abuse that showcase their triumph and provide hope and encouragement through through the stories shared. So that's all we have for today. Take care of yourself, stay
0: hydrated, and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye, guys. Hello, I am still here. Yay,
0: Debbie's not dead.
1: (laughs) barely. Jesus, I Jesus, I was falling asleep.
2: See you next week. (laughs)